Monday morning, I awoke to the news of the shooting in Las Vegas. And my first thoughts as I started to see the breaking news flash across the screen was, now what is this? As I started to hear what was being said, a gunman took fire on concertgoers, killing 59 and wounding 527 more. I quickly became unshocked by the news and started to go about my day unfazed. It took a while before I thought about this horrific bloodshed again. But when I did, my response was, what is this? This time not out of curiosity, but shock. Shock at my reaction. Shock that I had no sense of shock at all to the violence and another mass shooting as these events have become the norm. Pastor Lauren Halad, a seminary classmate of mine, shared on Facebook, this is not normal, and we must resist being desensitized to the point where we accept mass shootings as the norm. This was a wake-up call for me, for sure. Why is it normal for us that a 64-year-old man cries open a window from his 32nd floor hotel room and fires round and round of ammunition on council-goers? Why is it normal for us that a 29-year-old man walks into the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, Florida and kills 49 and wounds 58? Why is it normal to us that a 21-year-old man walks into the Emanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church in downtown Charlottesville, South Carolina, joins them in a prayer meeting, and then pulls out a gun and kills nine and wounds three more? Why is it normal for us that a husband and wife walk into an employee training event and a Christmas party and open fire? killing 14 and wounding 22? Why is it normal for us that a 20-year-old man walks into Sandy Hook Elementary School and kills 20 students and six teachers? Why is it normal for us that a college student at Virginia Tech walks onto a campus and kills 32 while wounding 17? Why is this normal? What is the reality that we are living in? Why are we numbed by tragedy? What is this, Lord? What is going on around us, whether through mass shootings, racial protests, or natural tragedies, has desensitized us as individuals and Christians? And I know that that's not intentional, but rather the cause of relentless media trying to share with us the news. It's the reality that we live in a world of sin, where we seek to be in control and in power, pitting us against one another until someone comes out on top by whatever means possible. It is our desire to be right, to the point that we don't listen to the opposite side and condemn the other for their beliefs. This is our norm. This has become our norm. And the truth is, this is not normal. It is not normal that we're outra outraged yet numb with fear and grief that we don't feel at all when people lose their lives and livelihoods. It's not normal that we witness yet another tragedy and, asks our, and ask ourselves, now what? 
This is not the normal that we long for. Living in the midst of one tragedy after another is not and should not be our normal. This is not the normal that God desires for us. This is not the normal that God promises us, nor what God provides for us. Yet I wonder, do we really believe that? Do we really believe that in the midst of despair and hardship, tragedy and bloodshed, fear, grief, and numbness, that God's promises hold true for us? Do we trust that God listens to us, that God responds to us, that God provides and sustains us? I've been wrestling with these questions this past week in light of yet another mass shooting of people suffering following another hurricane, of reports of racism and hatred being spewed at one another. And I find myself numb and questioning if God truly does provide for us when these things happen, when things seem barren and without hope, and there's uncertainty of our future. In my questioning, though, I did find hope in our passage from Exodus. Last week in our biblical narrative, God called Moses to deliver the Israelites from the hand of their oppressors and lead them to the promised land. And this week, we've moved through those ten plagues and at the crossing of the Red Sea to a time when the Israelites are learning what it's like to be free people. No longer are they under Pharaoh's oppressive rule. No longer are they slaves being forced to work for the Roman Empire. No longer are they being treated ruthlessly. Yet as they wander in the wilderness, they begin to long for this to be the reality again. Exhausted and hungry, the Israelites are reminiscing of the good old days in Egypt. They are longing to return to what was left behind, because that seems better in comparison to what they're experiencing now. Instead of remembering being beaten and mistreated by their owners, they long for the safety and security of what was daily provided for them. And so they begin to complain. Complaining about what they don't have. Complaining that they are hungry and thirsty. The Israelites' complaints don't fall on deaf ears. God hears them. God heard the complaints of the Israelites and God provided for them. God gave them water to drink, quail every evening, and manna every morning, and all had enough. When all seemed uncertain and unsure, God provided. When their fear of the unknown overwhelmed them, God sustained them. And this is the hope that I hold on to from our passage today. That in light of what's going on in our world around us, that God does provide. And God does sustain us. God ensures that our needs are met, just as God did for the Israelites. The catch is, do we trust this to be true? As God revealed his plan to the Israelites about quail and manna, some of the Israelites were unsure. They questioned, what if this doesn't happen the next day? And so they did what seemed logical to them. They tried to save some of the manna for the next day, but that saved manna rocks and fresh manna rains down. The Israelites learned to trust God, 
They had to learn to, that God provided exactly what they needed. In fact, this is why the Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, because they had to learn a new reality. They had to leave behind the past and become familiar with the one who would provide for them always. And once they were able to trust God, they were able to inherit the new life of the promised land. We too have to learn to trust God. To trust God and know beyond a doubt that God provides and sustains us with all that we need. Especially when our reality does not encourage this trust. We have to see God among us and take notice of how God blesses us, even when we are fear-stricken, grief, and numb. Our normal is not to be desensitized by the pain of the world around us, but to embrace that pain and trust that God will sustain us within it. Because it is normal for us to risk our lives to protect others, because God gave his life to protect ours. It is normal for us to use our cars to get the wounded to medical attention because God cares for us and heals those who are wounded. It is normal for us to collect items and donate to disaster relief because our God has provided us with countless blessings. It is normal for us to help our neighbors rebuild their homes because God calls us to service. It's normal for us to gather and grieve together when tragedy happens because our God wept and weeps with us. In the midst of despair and hardship, tragedy and bloodshed, fear, grief, and numbness, God's promises hold true. God listens to us. God responds to our cries. God provides for and sustains us. May we trust this ever more fully when mass shootings, racial protests, and natural tragedies try to desensitize us from God and all that God blesses us with. Amen. Amen.